0: This is Pet Life Radio. Let's Talk Pets.
1: Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to Pets Mean Business on Pet Life Radio. I am your host, Dustin McAdams, and I want to thank you for taking some time out of your day to spend it with me. Today, we're going to spend that time talking hubbub. If you've already heard of Hubba, or if you're on it, you know it's pretty darn cool, and today you get a bit of a peek behind the scenes, and if you haven't, and you're wondering what the heck I'm talking about, you picked the right show to listen to because I bet you are going to want to check them out. Whether you're buying or selling something, or looking to influence an audience, Hubba is potentially interesting to you. It's a website, or probably more accurately, a web-based community and platform where they connect retailers, manufacturers, distributors, and influencers all in a cool modern way. It's sort of like a LinkedIn model, plus a matchmaker component, plus a consistent format for sharing and discovering product info, all wrapped in a pretty sexy user interface. And now they have industry experts and consolidated industry news to help keep you on top of everything. And our guest today is one of those experts, and he has a really interesting vantage point on all sorts of emerging trends in retail and e-commerce. He's Phil Chang, retail industry manager at Hubba and frequent speaker and writer for multiple industries, including pets. You can find more about Hubba online at Hubba.com or on Facebook at Hubba HQ. That's Hubba, the letter H, the letter Q. We'll be right back to talk with Phil all- about it after these messages love to spoil your dog but no time to shop well check out pupjoy.com dog parents are raving about them they deliver amazing boxes of treats and toys directly to your door premium goodies from indie brands all customized to your dog's unique needs so you can relax and spend more time on important things like couch cuddles and belly rubs. Get personalized boxes of joy for your pup. Plus, built-in support for animal rescue, all for less than you'd pay at the store. Save $10 on your first order today. Go to PupJoy.com, customize your plan, and enter Pets Mean Business at checkout. P-U-P-J-O-Y.com. Let's talk pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Pets Mean Business on Pet Life Radio. With us now, Phil Chang from Hubba. Phil, welcome to the show. Hey, Dustin, how are you? I am wonderful. So, I am uh, interested to know before we dive into what Hubba is and uh, where you guys are headed with it. Where the name come from?
0: Yeah, so I mean, Hubba is really it's if you think of it. The short form that people use when they start building uh, things in Hubba is their hub. And it's really the hub of activity. It's where you go for your hub of information and also the hub that people connect to so that they're able to get what they need from you and you're able to connect with them. So that's where, you know, hub started and then Hubba just made it something that we could almost turn into a verb when we need to. And it's just a fun name to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hubba Bubba we've actually gotten uh, that confusion we sometimes people ask us that and then and then there's a um thermos called Bubba and every now and then we get a letter from somebody who says they broke their Bubba and could we send them a new one so sometimes that happens (laughs) too so it's kind of fun funny So
1: (laughs) so tell us about the origin story how did uh how did Hubba get it start and uh where have you guys been over the last few years
0: yeah, so the story is actually uh, a consumer version. So, so Ben Zipkin, our founder, was online, had an iPhone or a Blackberry and, and decided he wanted to search the net to find something cool for his wife. And then he started with the really innocent questions of, I don't understand this. I want to find a scarf. It's so difficult to find. Why is it so difficult to find? And And the more he dug into how difficult it is to find things, he realized that there was a real problem with that. And so, you know, as we started to build this, when I met Ben and he started building this thing, I said to him, I come from retail. I don't think you understand how hard it is to share things, to um, talk to retailers or to share images and to share content. And that's how this whole thing started is we we realized we really needed a a central hub to be able to house and, and share information and then share contacts and share relationships and be able to build business out of this hub.
1: Gotcha. So you touch on your background in retail. Give kind of a quick snapshot before Hubba where you've been and what you've done.
0: Sure. Yeah, I've been fortunate. I've, I've done all things retail. So I've, I've been a sales guy. I've been a marketer. I've been a, a sales track guy or a trade, market, a trade strategy guy. And I've been a global franchise guy. I've worked for places like Unilever and Kimberly-Clark and um, Denon and Revlon. And then uh, my last stints were with Johnson & Johnson. I worked on like Neutrogena and Clean & Clear and all these kind of great big franchises. So I've been been all sorts of places. I've also been a buyer at Target as well along the way. So I've been uh, fortunate enough to be able to do um, a whole bunch of jobs in retail.
1: Yeah, so you do certainly have a pretty good vantage point in the industry. So
0: back to Hubba. So
1: if I understand it right, um, you guys have taken in somewhere close to 60 million total in investment. You're growing very fast. What's the vision um, across industries, but especially for the audience on this show, how you guys are looking to disrupt and improve the pet industry?
0: Yeah. So one of the biggest things that we want to be able to do is to make the process of connecting brands to retailers easier. So if you're a business and you are looking for, if you're a brand and you make something and you're trying to find more business, we wanna make it easy for you know retailers to find you, for buyers to find you but we also want to be able to make it easy for you to find other brands that you could work with and partner with. So it's really that simple. I mean, um, someone like K nine leashes, you know, that, that does a really cool leash. She was looking for, you know, a retailer to work with and she was able to find them in Hubba and connect with them and and then just be able to do business with them. So we'd like to be able to do that easier. We know that brands um, spend a ton of time trying to find retailers. And then we also know that retailers spend a ton of time vetting out brands that uh, you know aren't ready for their retail environments or, or simply aren't the right fit so that you can find those kind of magic matches. And what we'd like to be able to do is, is get those magic matches to you faster and quicker so you can get focused on what you need to build the right experience for you.
1: All right. So from the standpoint, and maybe maybe take it from the standpoint of a brand first and then a retailer second, when someone comes onto the Hubba platform What do they see and what are the major pain points that you guys are helping to solve for them?
0: Yeah, so when a brand signs on, usually the first thing that brands like brands need to be able to build. They need to communicate who they are because like everything matchmaking, you you need to be able to say who you are before, you know, someone can find you and work with you. Um, Just like you would introduce yourself in real life to another person. And so a brand will come on and the first thing we'll ask them for is. Who are you as a brand? What is your why? And then what kinds of products do you have so that we can put you in front of the right retailers? And then the next step would be, let's dive a little bit deeper into your products and show us what kind of cool products you have so that when a retailer gets that introduction of you, they like what they see, they're able to dive in and really understand who you are before they reach out to you. That's what the brand process is. For a retailer side, it's the opposite. It is about more about what's in the retailer's head. So the things that sometimes it's a bit counterintuitive because buyers are used to keeping things to themselves. What we'd like is for a buyer to tell us, look, here's what I'm looking for. Here's the season I'm working on. You know, so it's, we're coming up on July. And so, you know, back to school is put to bed. Everyone's looking at almost October, November, December now. So you're thinking about American Thanksgiving, and then you're thinking about holiday season already. And so having a buyer say to us, here's what I'm looking for, for holiday season, I'd like to have more hemp products, or more CBD products, or more human grade pet food, those are things that allow us to be able to go back to our brand base and say, here's what this buyer is looking for. If you fit this profile, we're going to pull you up in front of the, the buyer so they can start to sort through some of you to figure out who works and who doesn't work.
1: Yeah, that makes total sense. So you kind of touched on the, um, the issue of maybe reluctance on buyer disclosures as being somewhat of a norm. How much easy adoption have you guys seen of that and how much kind of friction have you had to overcome in getting buyers to a point where they're disclosing those type of needs?
0: Yeah, we're starting, I think, like with all things new. It, it took a long time in the beginning. Uh, we had a lot of buyers who, you know, rightly so, right? Buyers get approached by hundreds and hundreds of brands, not all of them legitimate, not all of them prepared to go to retail. And so you just develop these really intuitive checkpoints that you, you know, stop the flow of information so you can you can make a judgment on brands. And so in the beginning, we kept running into a lot of those roadblocks. Right. But as we are making our way through this and as we gather craft brands that, you know, these retailers love, we're starting to see adoption come faster and quicker. You know, you're on the right track when you're starting to hear buyers ask for things. Right. So we are getting those requests where buyers are saying, hey, listen, this is really cool. I'm in here and I'm shopping around for products you know can you curate me a list could i tell you you know if i'm after a specific product could you go out and figure out how to find those brands for me right so we're starting to hear some stuff like that which is mm-hmm.
1: so Phil i think that's a great segue let us take a quick break from our sponsors and we'll come back and dive into some of the industry trends you were seeing and how hub is looking to address those hey cat people litter box smells always on your mind Think about your cat, not the box, with World's Best Cat Litter, the litter that delivers big odor control in a tiny package. World's Best Cat Litter harnesses the concentrated power of corn to trap odors deep inside the litter. Ready to knock out smells and use less litter? Find World's Best Cat Litter at Target, Walmart, and in your local grocery and pet stores. Well, she's sitting curled up on my lap as we speak. <laughs> Beautiful Bella's my long-haired Dachshund. She was thrown out of a pickup truck going 30 miles an hour, and she disappeared into the woods with the wild animals, uh, boars and coyotes. About four weeks later, she just appeared as she was a mess. Her fur was matted. She scratched almost nonstop. My friend suggested that I order this stuff called Dinovite. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E oh. dot com. 859-428-1000. She cobbles it up. She has been itch-free ever since, and her fur is gorgeous. Anyone out there who has a rescue dog, start them on a DinoVite diet for at least a 90 day period. They bond better with the people who take good care of them. They are going to be your buddy for a very, very long time. 859-428-1000. 859-428-1000. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLiferadio.com. We <laughs> We're back with Phil Cheng from Hubba talking about the changing world of retail and the influencers around it. So Phil, where we we broke off, I want to step back just a little bit. So you guys have, you particularly, but how about you've got a really good vantage point on some of the major trends that are happening across retail. So what are the big things that you guys see happening now and where do you forecast in the next couple of years?
0: Oh, my gosh. I think before we get into pet, I mean, retail in general, it's an interesting place to be reading. It's probably also causing a lot of anxiety and a lot of sleepless nights. We're hearing a lot of, you know, kind of those catchphrasy terms of a retail apocalypse and, you know, that I just read an article in the Financial Times about how retail is going to cause the next big short. So there's a lot of alarm in the marketplace, right? And um, so we're tracking a lot of that because those are tied to certainly trends that are upcoming, right? So the idea that, you know, e-commerce has been talked about a lot and how e-commerce sales are rising. But I think the real trend in there that that isn't, It hasn't really emerged yet as really being multi-channel. So this concept that e-commerce right now is rounding out. So it's growing into what it's supposed to be and people are going to buy online, but they're also going to shop in bricks and mortar stores. And so really the next trend is to be multi-channel, right? So you need to be online where people can see you they can see the representation of who you are who you really are as a story and then be able to have that option of shopping online or offline so that your experience is a really is a really uniform experience right so they shouldn't be able to tell the difference be able to shopping online to offline i think that's a really big thing that's coming and then i think the other trend that's coming is being able to equalize you know someone like an amazon right that is kind of chewing up a ton of space right now And uh, they've gotten more than their fair share of headlines, for sure. But I think you're going to see a lot of retailers start to really dive into experiential. How do you be experiential? How do you make a unique shop experience that is going to be able to take away from that Amazon? Let's find it cheap and let's find it fast and, and get it shipped to me idea.
1: Interesting. Are you seeing some emerging kind of case studies of where that is happening well?
0: Yeah, I think there's some really, there's some really neat ones. I mean, if you look at big retail in a way, you've got someone like TJX, who's kind of quietly doing their thing. TJX is the parent company of Winners and Marshalls and HomeSense. And they've posted, it's something silly, like 20 straight quarters of of straight sales or straight growth or something like that. And they've just done it by being really basic retail, right? So they shop for unique offerings, they continue to kind of curate by buyer style lines that really make sense for the consumer, they drive urgency by creating limited lots of things so that you get this really unique buy experience. And so consumers really love coming back to the store because they never they never know what they're going to find, but they always know that what they're going to find is something they want. And that's that's a really, really unique case story that's been really amazing. I think the flip side of on a big retail side would be something like Best Buy where they've evolved, right? They're just not a bricks and mortar store anymore. Their online and their offline experience is it's uniform. So if you go online, you get a Best Buy feel, you go to store, you get the Best Buy feel and all of it's interchangeable. You can buy it online and pick it up in store. You can go to the store and order it online and they get it shipped to you. So those are kind of two really unique, you know, kind of big cases. I think the other one is just the experience that I think A lot of guys are are starting to really tune into custom and unique experiences, right? And being able to drive not big volume sales, but just really unique volume sales, right? That are really experiential that you can't get from an Amazon that could be brands like Einstein pets that's driving this really unique healthy snack segment and and really just making themselves really endearing to the consumer. And mm-hmm. then I also think what you guys are doing at PubJoy is really amazing. Like this subscription box service and being able to create a experience that allows a, a consumer to literally get something at their door that fits what they want in their lifestyle is something that is going to counter an Amazon every time because Amazon can't do that. The best they can do is to replace the one-stop shop, you know, that threatens like the the Walmarts of the world and folks like that.
1: Gotcha. Very interesting insight on that. So you guys, you guys at Hubba, obviously have a lot of different constituents that come in all shapes and sizes. So how do you guys play that balancing act of like the needs of bricks and mortar versus e-commerce, and obviously the omni-channel direction of the future, and even between the mass retailers versus the smaller boutiques?
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's not easy. I mean, you get uh, everybody wants something different. We often get retailers that will come to us and say, hey, we, we'd like to be able to see these brands, but we don't want other people to see these brands. And a lot of that is is kind of tipped to the future and how that looks, right? And so, you know, our approach has been, if you look at the way the future is going, it's not linear anymore. It's not about, you know, a brand finding a single retailer, doing business with them and, and shipping to a retailer and a retailer getting to a consumer. The market has become this multi- multi-channel, omni-channel experience where you really, anyone can be a partner and anyone can be, you know, and everybody's got a different place. You just need to figure out what those are. They're not uniform. They could be different in every single situation. So the way we've approached this is really said, look, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna focus on cutting the barriers out of the way, which is a brand needs to find partners to work with. Those classically have been retailers. Maybe there are other brands now, maybe they're influencers as well. We're gonna break down the barriers it takes to get you to those folks. And then similarly, we're gonna break down all the barriers of folks searching for other partners to work with. So those are kind of our guiding lights along the way that helps to wipe out a lot of the objections or, or requests for exclusivity and things like that. I think the, the neatest thing has been how quickly the audience embraces that, right? Like they all want exclusivity, but when they see the power of the collective, they realize like, this is better. I don't need the exclusive. It's not going to get me as far as being part of the collective.
1: So that's interesting. And let's take that one step further because I know you guys have focused a lot on community broadly in a number of ways with some of the groups you've done. Mm -hmm. Talk a little bit about that, where you guys are today and where you think it's headed with um, kind of the community of Hubba.
0: Yeah. So community has been, it's been a focus for us and we're starting to really kind of bring it all together and make it really, really big. So We've had folks like me that are in the industry, we're out there, you know, connecting with brands and retailers one-off or in uh, unique situations like going to SuperZoo or places and cities. And then online, we've been connecting brands and retailers all along. What we started to do is now assemble what we call Hubba Groups. And this is a place where you can go, you can jump into an industry, you can jump into like SuperZoo, I guess when this episode airs will have gone already. but. <laughs> But uh, you know, there's a thread in there where you can talk about here's what I'm hoping to see, what are you guys all thinking about? What kinds of trends are you tracking? And it really becomes a community source discussion where, you know, brands can seek out other brands to ask for information and brands will offer it up right where it's non-competitive or it's not it's not something that's really going to cause them any harm. They're going to step in and help, you know, a fellow brand out. And similarly, we've seen retailers come into these to look for trends and look for ideas and look for what brands are talking about. So they're also thinking about what's next and what's to come.
1: Yeah, it, honestly, I think that's one of the cooler things you guys are doing. So you have put together a heck of a lot of functionality. I, I think the way you frame this up in terms of eliminating a lot of barriers is exactly what struck me when I first found out about you guys and looked into it. In full disclosure, I and my company, I'm a user of Hubba, probably been on it for about a year and I've seen some of the progression. I I'm really impressed by where they are and I think where they're headed. And, you know, I personally feel I I hope for big things for you guys, because I do think what you guys are doing for people on a lot of different sides of this equation, it does make our lives easier. So kudos on that. Thank you. So back to my question. So you, you guys have you've put together a lot of functionality taking on a fair amount of money to build this let's talk about how you guys make money because you know when somebody comes in what they see is kind of the free side of this and talk about like you know what's the vision of where you guys go with this and how you build it into a you know big company
0: yeah yeah it's it's usually in full disclosure when i talk to a brand or a retailer it's usually the second question as soon as i tell them who (laughs) we are everyone says oh that's really cool how do you pay for any of this stuff. we always joke we always go money who needs money right but that's not true and if we have investors listening don't freak out there's a plan (laughs) no so we are venture funded right now we've got goldman sachs who's who's backed us a lot of the keys around this are around virility and and being able to make connections and power those connections right so when you sign into hover right now it's free there is a paid version if you'd like to have it it's really for our kind of emerging professionals. So we do help brands figure out how to break the barriers of making that introduction easy and really on point. We don't go super heavy into your why or any of those things that some of the folks like working with dog and those folks are really good at. Um, But what we do do is, is try and make you very, very presentable to a retailer. So they understand that you're retail ready and that you are you know, you're kind of good to be able to move up to a bigger environment. So there is a paid version there that's going to continue to scale up. We've really just started that, but we've already gotten some really great successes out of that. And then I think from here, it's, it's about connectivity, right? So we've started connecting you all. I think where the power of Hubba gets to go supercharged is being the kind of base layer to everything else that happens. You think of all the brands and retailers that we have in here, we hold product information in here. So there's no reason that one day there's there should be a push button. So if you're a brand and, and you you realize like, hey, I, I need to put my products on Amazon or you know what, uh, Dustin, I've, I've connected with you at PopJoy and we've decided to do business together. There should be a button in there that Allows you to click a button that transmits the information that you have to Amazon. So Amazon sets up a listing for you or you're looking for their photos. You're now able to retrieve it out of Hubba. So we'd like to be that base layer that starts to help the entire retail network start to draw information from at some point.
1: That makes a ton of sense. So I think probably most people listening uh, have familiarity with LinkedIn Is it kind of a a fair, if not oversimplified, view of you guys of directionally that's where Hubba has is it's it's a free platform for all, but depending on your needs, then you guys have specialized services that ultimately become the revenue driver for you?
0: Yes, correct. Yeah. That's a pretty fair...
1: Yep. Makes a ton of sense. So, what have so you talked about? Uh, you know, a lot of the traction and things you guys have put together. What have been some of the big challenges that you guys have faced and the big lessons learned through the first few years of, of the platform?
0: <laughs> There's a lot of learnings. There's just, uh, yeah, I mean, one is the, uh, I can't emphasize. You know it's funny cuz I teach this topic a lot you know the power of an elevator pitch and and the power of having a 30 second pitch that works mm-hmm. and um Hubba was just this new thing that nobody understood, you know, particularly in retail where retail has so many flow charts and boxes and proper and improper procedures that, you know, when we first explained this, people would go, oh, that'll never work. It'll never, you need these and you need those and you need these standards. And and so getting a pitch that made sense was difficult. We're there now, but it, it took us a while to figure that out. And then it also took us a while to really, we knew what we were trying to solve and being the hub. It was tough to get to things that actually draw people because sometimes what you want and what you need are almost, you know, they're kind of two sides of the same coin. So in the beginning, we used to say to folks, like, come here and put your content in here because we know that they need that content. But the problem was is content's not sexy. Like nobody wants to do A plus content. No, that's <laughs> not true. There's a, there's a small, small segment of people who really right. love A plus content. But uh, most of us are like, we want it, we need it, but we really don't want to do it because it's hard, you know, and then, and then managing all that. So nobody wanted to come and put that stuff in. They love the idea, but nobody actually wanted to do the work. And so, you know, when we reversed it and said, okay, What we know, though, is a a stronger draw than the aversion of doing A-plus content is having a buyer look for your product. So if we get buyers to come in and start looking for product, that overcomes the barrier of, you know, it's painful to do A-plus content or it's painful to put my stuff in here because you've got to get it in so that buyers can find you, if that makes sense.
1: It does. So my guess is a lot of listeners, at some level or, or another, are dealing with user experience issues. You guys obviously deal with very diverse constituents and kind of with a an entire process and platform that's that's anchored around making things easier, removing barriers. I have to assume your your user experience, your user interface, is very critical. And by the way, I think it's a great one. What's the general process that you guys go through? to gain that insight and have a, you know, a, an ongoing model for improvement.
0: Yeah. We do a lot of feedback. We, I mean, we're, we've grown, like when we first started, there were six of us, there's probably about 60 of us now, but the DNA of the company has been the same. And, and that is the customer is really core to the experience. And, and so we've really spent a lot of time with customers, talking to them, watching them for I don't want to sound creepy, so we don't stalk, but we do watch a lot of what people do on Hubba because it helps us understand. So analytics is a really strong point for us. We track Mm -hmm. when things break, and we've got an incredibly customer-focused team. The number one thing to us is that you're happy coming in and out the door, right? And so sometimes when people leave us because it's not the right thing for them, they don't leave angry, they don't leave upset, they always leave knowing, hey, you know what, Like I've got to figure out a way to work with these guys at some point. So that's important to us, we are, Ben and, and the leadership team actually spend, uh, I would say, a substantial amount of time over the year just polling customers, talking to them. They'll spend a good chunk of time on phones just calling and talking and trying to pick at ideas or worries that brands and retailers have. So we're constantly thinking about what's next and what still hurts and what would be a better life if we made that go away somehow.
1: Well, this is great, Phil, really insightful. I'm sure anybody listening to this, there's gotta be points of uh, interest for anybody listening in. Let's, uh, I wanna ask you one more question and then we'll wrap it up. Let's kind of bring it back to um, the pet industry on this. I know you've got a lot of, you specifically have a lot of insight in the industry and Hubba um, has a pretty big footprint. What's your crystal ball with uh, some of the big things you see happening in the next couple of years?
0: Oh my gosh. Pet is going to get awfully interesting. I mean, pet is already interesting, but pet's going to get more interesting. I think in the short term, you see human grade food kind of lose its mind. <laughs> it's funny. I I was on a radio show and and we were joking about actually eating Einstein Pet's snacks because they're human grade and <laughs> and I've admitted the same thing as I said. Yeah, no, I've I've eaten these. Like I, <laughs> uh, they're great. But, yeah, <laughs> they are. And uh, so I, I think that you're going to see more human grade. I think you're going to see hemp products come. I think you're going to see cannabis start to, I say cannabis, but I I don't think the industry likes to call it that. They call it CBD, but you're going to see CBD products become even more prominent. I think the other one that's really neat is, you know, as we kind of move up the evolution of being true pet parents where you're, you're really you're focused on not only your pet's physical well-beings, but you're you're starting to see the early stages of, of advanced focus on, on what a dog or a pet needs. And that that's around things like the way you train a dog and mm-hmm. positive reinforcement versus negative reinforcement. And you're starting to see intellectual toys for them, right? So things that if you've got a terrier and, and you've got to reinforce that terrier trait in them, or, you know, and so there's some, some of these intellectual toys out there that are going to start to really push the boundary of, you know, kind of that next step of trying to nurture a dog beyond the physical needs.
1: Well, with that, and that yeah. is an uh, interesting insight. I appreciate it. For anyone who hasn't gone out to, uh, to their website yet, go check them out. Hubba, It's it's really cool. I think uh, regardless of where you come from, you're likely to find some information, potentially connections that are going to be valuable to you. It's uh, hubba.com, H-U-B-B-A.com. Phil, if uh, folks want to reach you for any follow up questions directly, what's the what's the best route?
0: You can either find me on email. You can find me at pchang at hubba.com, So that's p c h a n g at hubba.com. You can find me on Twitter and Facebook. I'm uh, I'm Retail Phil, so it's at Retail Phil or in Twitter or in Facebook. You can find me there. Ask me anything you want, and I'll uh, do my best to answer well
1: thank you phil i uh appreciate you being on the show very much and i'd also like to thank my producer mark winner for making the show possible as always if you would like to reach me by email it's dustin at pupjoy.com that is p-u-p-j-o-y.com at pupjoy on all major social media and online at pupjoy.com so my friends happy tales to you until we meet again let's talk pets every week on demand